This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Evan Hawk Podcast. Today we have a really fun, really special episode planned for everyone. We have a guest with us today, uh, going to be talking about some you know, kind of news in the Star Wars world and talking a little bit about Knights of the Old Republic and kind of a newcomer's perspective on it. Joining us today, uh, if you are in the Star Wars world on Instagram, uh, hopefully you've run across his page, but it is McClunky Media joining us. Uh, how is it going? How are you doing today? Hey, uh, I, I'm doing awesome. This is this is really cool. I'm glad to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you very much for joining us. So uh, Cassie and I have been you know, fans of your page for quite a while now. Um, it looks like you have kind of a wide breadth of things, uh, reviews, news, uh, a couple couple of good memes on there. But why don't you tell everyone a little bit about uh, the McClunky Media, you know, kind of inst- Instagram page and uh, web presence and what you have going on? With McClunk Media, I just kind of talk about whatever I want Star Wars related. Really, it can be like reviews, it can be analytical posts, sometimes the occasional meme, which... It's honest. It's actually how my account started out. I just started posting memes, but over mm-hmm. time, I was like, I want to put my voice out there a bit more. So obviously, I had more reviews and the posts just going over thoughts and certain stuff. And yeah, it's 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 been great. I'm I'm super proud of this account, and uh, it's also really cool because I get to be on this podcast, which is also very cool. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, we, we appreciate yeah. that for sure. Thanks for coming on. We're we're thrilled to have you on. So we we think your account's great and. It's just a fun, positive, and introspective account. Thank you. That that means so much to me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, taking a look kind of at, at your account here, and I guess just kind of how you got into Star Wars in general, um, what kind of inspired you to get this you know, page started and start doing uh, kind of these uh, news and review kind of things? Was there something that set it off or a piece of media that you got really excited about and wanted to talk about? Or uh, just kind of in general, how did you get into Star Wars, I guess? And how did you get from there to where you are now? Well, I've always been a fan of Star Wars since I was a kid. My dad uh, introduced me to the original trilogy, which I just absolutely loved. But in terms of me actually starting my account, I mean, I'm sure most people would say like, oh, you you were just a big fan of Star Wars and you wanted to put an account out there. But (laughs) really what, what happened was it was like, after the rise of Skywalker and I had just been at galaxy's edge at Hollywood studios mm-hmm. and I was in a really big star Wars mood. And like, obviously I was like, Oh, I mean, I big star Wars fan. I want to put star Wars stuff out there. But what really honestly made me start my account was it would be hilarious. If there was a star Wars account called McClunky media, <laughs> I just, that would be the funniest thing ever. But yeah, uh, obviously passion for star Wars and also just a, a silly name is, is, is really as far as it goes in terms of how my account came to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, the more uh, McClunkies we have out there in the Star Wars universe, yes. uh, the better in my eyes. So Absolutely. One controversial question I have is, did Han shoot first? Uh, no comment. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's, so. I'm not, I'm not going to answer that. No, <laughs> I don't. Whatever I say, I'm going to have lasers pointed at my head from somewhere i don't <laughs> that, that's right yeah that is too uh too controversial to dive into on this podcast i think you could just say mcclunky so <laughs> mcclunky <you know. laughs> yeah exactly but but yeah anyone listening out there definitely go by and check out the instagram 
page. It is at McClunky underscore media. And yeah, lots of really good stuff in there. Um, and a lot of good news, a lot of good reviews, uh, all of that sort of thing. So make sure you're following along there and, you know, keeping up to date with what's going on. And some of the, you know, more exciting stuff that's going on, obviously, we had the uh, big Disney investor call last year announced all of these projects. And one of the things that we we're going to talk about today here on the show is there's been, you know, just kind of a little uh, steady drip of information coming out about uh, the Acolyte, I guess, you know, kind of announcing the new wave of the High Republic and, you know, getting some more articles. And I think some things are maybe starting to take shape a little bit. Uh, but there's an article in particular, um, and it came from, yeah, sci-fi.com, S-Y-F-Y.com. Um, and it talks just a little bit about uh, the Acolyte and Leslie Headland and tying it back into the Phantom Menace. So we're going to talk about that article for a little bit. What were your thoughts going back to the Investor Day when they were announcing these projects? Um, and the Acolyte in particular, we knew it was going to kind of tie into the end of the High Republic, but did you have any uh, expectations or what was your hype level for it, I guess, going back to kind of the initial announcement? For me personally... And I've talked about this on my account many a time, but for me personally, the Acolyte is probably my most hyped upcoming Star Wars show or project, I guess you could call it, mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. One, High Republic, which I've also said I'm just absolutely loving so far. And it's interesting that it's going to be near the very end of it. That, that I'm curious to see how it's going to translate to screen. But also, just in general, like I love new Star Wars. Like, that's that's mm -hmm. always what I want, just new, new, new. And obviously, I'm excited for the other shows like Ahsoka, Book Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan. But those are already pre-established characters and pre-established times. And this is like the newest thing I think we're getting in terms of Star Wars television, which I'm very excited about. And obviously, we don't know much about it. But just, you know, the synopsis, I guess, we've been given of it. It's being said the ending days of the High Republic. And it's going to be emerging dark side power. And yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited for it. Well, Disney Investor Day, I think like I felt like 40% of all the joy that I had, you know, in 2020 on that day, it was just a, a really fun mm -hmm. day of announcements. And like when I heard of Accolade, it was kind of like, there were a lot of shows, I, I forget how many were announced that day, but it was a lot. And uh, Acolyte was kind of towards like the top of the shelf of uh, shows I was excited for. Like I was definitely very excited for Kenobi and or I was like, oh, this could be a really fun like spy show with uh, big stakes, you know, and I thought Visions was going to really kind of be cutting edge new kind of Star Wars material that kind of reminded me of kind of like Lucas run Lucasfilm you know like when he released Star Wars art vision so I was like oh it's kind of hearkening back to that time mm -hmm. then Acolyte I was very interested in it because it moved back in the timeline kind of towards the end of the High Republic and I was like oh like a dark side led show you know uh kind of like showing like how a golden age turns into a gilded age and I, I feel like there's just more potential for uh, new content there and I don't think it's going to revolve around Plagueis or Palpatine maybe they could like be mentioned in the background but those are really the only two characters we may know of but I, I feel like it's just going to be new the more I learn about Acolyte I think it, it moves uh, higher up on my list 
Yeah, definitely one I'm looking forward to. The writers and uh, you know director you know attached to the project here is Leslie Headland. So let's uh, take a look here at this article. Um, so I'm just going to read kind of the the intro to it here, and then talk a little bit about you know what's mentioned in the article. But uh, it starts out with Russian doll co-creator. Leslie Headland is all set to turn back the Star Wars clock several hundred years in her upcoming Disney Plus series, The Acolyte. Taking place in the twilight days of the High Republic, the female-led project is all about setting the eventual stage for Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Uh, and that's that's great, right? So kind of as you go through the article, then it just talks about uh, what she thought was interesting was how do the Jedi get in this place where they're, you know, kind of at their most powerful to at this place where they're, you know, so super vulnerable, um, you know, and unable to identify kind of these threats that are right at their doorstep. And I think that that's a really compelling story and something that's uh, really good to tell. And then as the article kind of concludes, it talks about uh, Leslie Headland. She's talking about drawing her inspirations from uh, things, you know, that are, you know, highlights of, of our podcast and our interests for sure. But, uh, you know, taking inspirations from KOTOR and SWOTOR, uh, Clone Wars uh, and Fallen Order, those are all mentioned kind of within the article. I've read a couple of articles talking about the Acolyte and specifically the the showrunner, uh, Leslie. My main takeaway from it is that she just seems really passionate about it, which is a green flag for me personally. Mm-hmm. Just like the way she's talked about her, like her love of Star Wars and, you know, her inspirations for it coming from, you know, Phantom Menace sort of tying that all in together branching the two time periods. It's, it just makes me really happy to see someone who is a like a big fan of Star Wars fulfilling their dream of making a Star Wars project. I, I, I think that's what, what really, one of the many reasons I'm excited for it is because it seems like a passion project. Mm-hmm. If you've watched or had a chance to watch any of Russian Doll, that's really uh, character driven. Uh, and I think that that's going to be really important in a, a uh, time like this, because if you've read through, you know, any of the High Republic novels or uh, junior novels or, you know, any of those stories, uh, those are all really character driven as well, um, introducing us to these new characters and uh, new situations. So I have very high hopes. I'm really excited for this. Um, I don't know that we're going to get a ton of new news, probably, you know, at least maybe until this uh, next wave of you know, novels and books and comic books has come out, you know, later into next year. I don't know what all they know about the conclusion of that and, you know, how kind of protected they'll be over keeping that stuff before they start doing things like casting and, you know, setting, you know, locations up and stuff like that. But I'm uh, very excited about it. I guess just to kind of wrap this up. So this is going to be the tail end of kind of this High Republic you know, kind of a timeline that we're seeing here in the books and comic books and things uh, have, uh, I guess, what are, I? you'd mentioned it, uh, McClunky Media there, that, you know, you've been into the uh, High Republic. Do you have kind of some highlights from it so far or uh, anything that you really like or one of these new books that they just announced, you know, this last week uh, that you're looking forward to or just kind of uh, some general takeaways over the High Republic? Why should people be reading it because they absolutely should because it's excellent but uh, what are what are your takes on it i guess it's really cool because we're only in the first like still in the first phase of the higher public books and i've just been floored by just like how much i've enjoyed the novel so far and especially the characters like i know you mentioned the characters 
being like pies before and i absolutely agree because the, the characters of the high republic are just just written so well and mm -hmm. i i think the characters alone are honestly a reason why people should get into the books but also there's just so much new interesting lore as well as the characters and just the storytelling and i'm trying to stumble over my words but uh but yeah i I, I think the High Republic is absolutely worth it. And I think whoever is listening right now who hasn't gotten to the High Republic should absolutely give it a shot because in my opinion, even in this early stages, it's some of the, the best Star Wars content we've gotten in a while. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's definitely cinematic in scope. Uh, a whole lot of great characters, a lot of stories being told, but there's like a central story behind them all. And I can't wait for uh, more story from this time period. It's unique. And part of me just would also like to see, like, some Funko Pops and some yeah. uh, action figures come out from this, too. Yes. Yes, please. I need a load and great storm Funko Pop in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love the golden robes, you know, and... Uh, like their Jedi adventure robes, like, uh, it, it's just, it's just beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm about 10 chapters into rising storm. So I definitely need some, uh, some Funko pops or something to cheer me up because, Ooh, that one, that one is a spoiler warning here. That one is uh, starting to look a little tough. So, yeah. So you said you're 10 chapters into the rising storm. Yeah. I'm about 10 chapters. I, I am sorry to hear that. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the very beginning. still. I I've been, a have been a bit slow, so I have a lot of, uh, unhappiness to look forward to. I yeah. Suppose. Uh, have fun with that. That's right. <laughs> so. As someone who's finished the book, have fun with that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great, uh, what appears to be setting up for a sad tale, but definitely go, go pick up some uh, high Republic stuff. Uh, if you're listening out there, if you haven't checked it out yet, or you were hesitant about getting into it, cause I think it's well worth the time. And if you are a fan of Knights of the old Republic and you probably are, which is, you know, why you're joining us here um, on this podcast, you know, at, at least the stories there from the old Republic. Uh, I think there's a lot to take away from those stories. So uh, definitely go check those out. And I guess that kind of wraps up you know what we have going on as far as the acolyte for now you know we'll always have to keep checking back in on these projects as we get you know more information and uh you know all of those good things about them but why don't we take a quick break and then we'll be right back and talk a little bit about knights of the old republic as a newcomer with our guest mcclunky media recently did an episode with force time where we talked about he's an expert in the last jedi and we were kind of talking about knights of the old republic and it was a really fun episode uh because i feel like just in this fandom it's better to be curious and inquisitive rather than like kind of like uh gatekeep or anything mm -hmm. and uh we all kind of like different things about star wars and it was like uh, there was a, there was a podcast I really enjoyed listening to. I, uh, it was called Newcomers, uh, with like Lauren and Nicole and like, they 
talk about different fandoms that they are newcomers to. Their first season, they discuss Star Wars, and then in the second season, Lord of the Rings, and then uh, Tyler Perry movies, and now it's Nicole and Nicole and John talking about the Fast and Furious movies. Like, and it's kind of like they're oh, okay. they're coming to these fandoms like from a newcomer perspective, and I was like, that would be really fun to kind of like get someone's perspective like they're they're new to kotor like they they haven't been immersed in in all things kotor since like 2005 or 2003 you know that's why i was very excited like when i saw your post like about like you just finished knights of the old republic and i was like maybe we could we could do this this episode you know and like so you recently finished uh knights of the old republic right yes yeah what did you kind of expect going into KOTOR? Like, what were your expectations? My expectations were honestly kind of varied. Um, obviously, I knew its cultural status. Like, I'm, you know, every one of their dog has at least heard of KOTOR. Um, but uh, f- for the longest time, I kind of avoided it mostly because of, well, I- I've seen clips on YouTube of, like, people playing the game. And I, I was never really used to the idea of using sort of a turn-based system combat it was honestly the gameplay i think that really it, it, it took me a long time to actually play kotor because i i was like eh, i don't know if i want to play it as a game maybe like watch a playthrough mm-hmm. but but, but I, I did eventually get to it yeah yeah that's fair i think that that's probably people who haven't played it or people who have kind of started to play it and fall out with it right away i think that the gameplay is is probably i don't want to say it's the weak point because it it does what it's trying to do very well but if you're used to other types of games or you know this is you know it's an 18 year old game now at, at this point so if you're used to more modern games uh it's definitely a little clunky i guess to kind of navigate around and so i could i could definitely see that as someone who's just trying to you know kind of get into this game and experience the story i i guess i'll just go into uh my first impressions of it because uh well it Kotar was an interesting experience, albeit a very good one. I very much enjoyed the game. But starting off, like, obviously, you know, you have your whole character creator, and, like, I, I filled around with that for, like, 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, obviously, it took a little while getting used to the gameplay because you had to pull, like, down your, uh, like, right mouse click to move the camera around, and, obviously, there was the point-and-click combat and all that. And I got through that just fine. But... The part that I really loved, and honestly, is still my favorite part of the game, is when you first get on uh, Terrace, which is like the longest, but also just the biggest section of the game. That alone really got me invested into the era with the whole, you know, Jedi and Sith conflict, uh, because you get to see the people in the city, and they give their perspective on, you know, the Sith occupation and all the, all the stuffs going on, and and all the options that it gives you. You can you can do bounty hunting stuff for the hut person i don't i don't i don't think it was actually one of the huts but um you know you can you can go into a dueling ring you can you can find these people that have this raccoon infestation going on you have to make a serum and all of that was just really cool because me personally i've always wanted like in like a like a big open world star wars game where you have like a ton of choices similar to kotor the kotor wasn't it, it was the closest thing to open world i think mm-hmm. but like obviously there are like certain times you can actually leave planets but with like all the options that uh, 
uh, Tyrus gives you, like really got me hooked in the game. But despite all that being said, um, I did actually put off KOTOR for a couple of months, even before leaving Terrace, and that was the gameplay for me. Because I, I started out with the gameplay. I was like, it's a little weird. And then I got used to it. And then I got to the point where it felt like I was just pointing and clicking, pointing and clicking again and again and again. And it got to the point, it's like, I, I just want to take a break because the gameplay itself wasn't very intriguing to me. But obviously, I got back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> and, a new, and a new playthrough, actually, because I kind of forgot all the stuff that happened. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> first impressions were weird, but overall, um, Terrace definitely did get me into the era and like all the stuff that was going on and all the options it gave you. I was really into that. Yeah, I think it's so immersive but then it can kind of drag on right a while like on our on the podcast i think when we were kind of like recapping everything that happened it felt like i think it was like 15 episodes we were talking about terrace and then at the end of it i'm like we're never talking about <laughs> terrace again you know <laughs> so um but yeah like um how would you describe the the old republic era as seen in kotor like what's it what are the perks what are the what makes it different like in terms of like say like the prequel original trilogy in terms of in terms of that yeah yeah or maybe just what makes it interesting as far as a period of the star wars timeline i guess maybe well i guess for the time it was pretty unique because if I'm not mistaken, the, the Old Republic was introduced in the games, and then there was books that branched off it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I think I think the most interesting thing about it is that you play a role in it. Like you're not like a passerby, where it's like a film that you watch and you're like, oh, it's a good film. Uh, you're actually put into the world and you get to make your own choices. I, I think that's the most unique aspect about it, is that you're put into the world of this new era and you're discovering all these new things and you've seen all these new characters and little cows. I, 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 I personally think that was the most intriguing part about it compared to like say other eras of Star Wars where it's a much more laid back, you sort of watch the experience. The KOTOR era does feel like Star Wars, but it, like for me, it's like a different era of Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's familiar, but different, which I think that's, that was the allure of Star Wars in the first place, like A New Hope when it was called Star Wars. It was like a fairy tale in space, you know? It had like the kind of recognizable characters, but like you, you saw them in a new light, I, I suppose. So yeah. um, were, what did you think of the story? Did you think it held up to like kind of like the, the pedestal that people put it on? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I think it's like the best Star Wars story we've ever gotten, but I, I do think it was still a pretty solid story. It's simplistic at its base, which is not unfamiliar with Star Wars, like, you know, with A New Hope. It's Empire's bad, Rebel's good, fight the Empire. And with this, it's Malak bad, Jedi good, go fight Malak. Um, but what I, I will say this about the story, the whole... Um, I guess I'm getting the spoilers here, but uh, the, the whole um, connection, like the force bond you have with uh, Bastila, I, I, I think that's what really got me into the story, more so than the story itself, but like the characters and their, and their sort of journey of, you know, 
meeting each other and obviously the the building bond with Bastilla and eventually her sort of uh, you know questioning the Jedi and be like oh I don't know about this light side stuff and I mean you know how it goes from there but yeah 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 I think KOTOR shines uh when it's not just kind of like trying to be familiar uh not just be like these people are like the empire in this game, you know, uh, which is, I don't know, like if, if there were an adaptation or a remake of KOTOR, I think like if they emphasize, like there's a whole lot of Jedi, there's a whole lot of Sith and like a lot of these people used to be classmates, you know? And like, I feel like a lot of the Jedi become Sith and like people like flip flop a lot in the, Knights of the Old Republic era, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think just like what you say, what you said about the characters, there's a lot of great characters and like just kind of like learning more about their story. It gives you something kind of more personal to latch on to in this new era. And um, Brian and I kind of talked about how like the Bastila and Revan story uh, it's kind of like it repeats, you know, it's kind of like Darth Revan is bad and like a, a Sith Lord and then Bastila saves him canonically and then uh, Bastila falls to the dark side and then uh, Revan saves her and it it's a, it's a cool story that uh, I think a lot of people like and of course there's different like uh, different ways you can play through. You can be light side or dark side. You can be male or female. Um, I guess, uh, what, was there any setting like you preferred, like any particular playthrough, or did you play through different versions? Well, um, in terms of uh, like the sort of play style my character was in terms of light side or dark side, or are you talking about like locations that I was at? Like character builds or light or dark or like, planetary order like anything you in terms of bills i guess i mean obviously as soon as i got a lightsaber it's like i'm going to be the coolest jedi ever (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) um so i i I mainly sticked on uh light side stuff uh in in terms i guess planetary locations um well i I couldn't go back to terrace uh that's that's your spoiler right there uh um uh Oh gosh. Um, I guess I really like hanging out at the Enclave and talking to all the Jedi there and sort of mm-hmm. learning more about them, which was especially interesting because the Jedi are still very much in the, in the same way they were in the prequels when you think about it. Possibly worse. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely argue that. Um, I found that very interesting. I, I I didn't know what to expect from the Jedi during this time, but obviously when you, when you get to talking with them and all that, it's like, oh, you know, the Jedi are still uh, a little bit of hubris in there. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, like Dantooine, I, I find it to be like the most uh, peaceful and enjoyable planet. But then like when you kind of like actually think about the Jedi there and like, Literally, I think, like, Malik, Revan, Juhani, Bastila, 
Atris were all trained there and like they all fell to the dark side. Oh, and Kreia too. And it's just like, I feel like Dantooine, they're doing something wrong there, you know? And like <laughs> right. Jedi yeah. HR should intervene or something. So. Yeah, yeah something like, should go on uh, for sure there. Now, you said that you liked visiting Dantooine. Did you, um, what about uh, any of the other planets? Did you have a, a favorite location that you that you got to go and explore, or uh, anything anything new you learned about the Star Wars universe? I guess kind of you know kicking around uh, in this world. In terms of in terms of seeing new stuff, um, it was cool to see the uh, the crate dragon. Uh, I I didn't know that was in this. I was like, oh, I remember that from Mando, um, and that yeah. was on Tatooine, which which was pretty cool. Um, I liked the sort of interactions you could have with the the Tusken Raiders. I thought that, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so tattooing was fun. Um, Kashyyyk was also pretty cool. You got to meet Jolie, who was sort of a gray Jedi, and learning more about his sort of perspective on things was also very cool. Um, really, the the only planet I don't think I really cared for was. Um, Oh gosh, it, it was the Sith planet. Corbin, uh, Corbin, yeah. It, it, it wasn't really so much like the stuff that you had to do there, but it just felt kind of short. I feel like there could have been maybe a oh, bit okay. more to it. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, and uh, Manan, Manan. I can never know how to pronounce it. Manan. Uh, yeah. I also like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, my favorite thing to do there really probably was the whole um, where you were the arbiter and you, you had this like whole court case with this this murder i think that was really cool especially with its ending which i, I know we've talked about spoilers but at the same time i kind of don't want to give it away there's <laughs> there's not really a morally right or wrong option i think in terms of the way that ends which yeah. i personally like because I, I found a lot in my kotor playthrough there was more this is definitive light side and this is definitive dark side so when you yeah. had a sort of morally gray option i was kind of like I, I I like that option a lot. Yeah, Kotor is kind of just like very very good or like very very evil, and there's kind of not as much as that in between. So like yeah, Manon is like I think the closest you can get to in that. But Kotor too, I don't know if you've played that, but it's a whole other story, you know. <laughs> so I'm very curious about that because I've I've yet to play Kotor too. So that'll, yeah, the, be, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, what would be, what would your expectations for KOTOR 2 be, do you think? Gosh. Um, in terms of how I think it can uh, um, improve from the first game, I, I know everyone posts like the first game at like a pedestal, and obviously there was a different developer for the second game. Yeah. But if I wanted anything from the second game i would say that i i would want more morally great choices because i i had fun like with the options of oh i can be a really good guy i can be a really awful dumb person um but i was much more into the idea of oh uh, i could go this way but i don't know if that's right but also if i go this way i don't know if that's right either well i want i want stuff from that yeah well 
I wouldn't say these are spoilers, but I think if you're looking for more like morally gray options and like kind of more of a conundrum and kind of more philosophical looks into the Jedi Sith and the Force, I think you're in for a treat. So, ooh, yeah, so, that's exciting. Yeah, it's kind of like Knights of the Old Republic. The first one is a bit kind of like a an original trilogy kind of story where it's kind of like very obvious, like who's good, who's bad. And KOTOR 2 is kind of like a deconstructive story. I'd almost say it's like the last Jedi before the last Jedi and a bit like the prequels. Um, So it's kind of like everyone's a little bit morally gray and you really kind of have to be like, who's right, who's wrong, you know? So I think you're, if you do end up playing KOTOR 2, I think you're going to really enjoy digging into um, the complexity of it all. I certainly am going to play KOTOR 2 eventually at some point. I don't know when, but um, I think the description you just gave uh, definitely sold me. Oh, so it, it will be It will be exciting to eventually experience that. Yeah. It's definitely worth uh, getting into and I the control schemes and the the fighting mechanics are are the same so I guess they'll be familiar uh, to yep. you from playing the first one but yeah as far as the story goes it's it's much denser and like Cassie said it's a lot more kind of nuanced and more gray areas uh, to get into uh, which I think for Knights of the Old Republic like we mentioned it's kind of you know just this more straightforward kind of hero's journey thing but i think that that was one of the strengths of it especially at the time that it came out uh because you're letting people you know in this rpg kind of big world you know make their own character to make themselves and put them in and they can kind of tell their own stories in between this kind of simpler more linear uh kind of a storyline but yeah once you get into kotor 2 as far as the story goes you know all bets are off there's all sorts of uh things you have to explore and try to work out in your own head i i i do certainly like that obviously uh the first game has more of a sort of simplistic sort of view to it because uh, like obviously then there's more people that'll be able to gravitate towards it and then you have the second game which obviously i know nothing about but it appears to i i suppose challenge the audience much more so i i, I think despite my feelings of it not being as morally gray i i i would say um i do think it's smart to have the first game be much more easier to follow and a more simplistic sort of set up and then have the second game sort of challenge the audience perspective a bit more yeah and would you like to see like a remake in the future or more uh from the old republic era brought into the new canon or do you think it's fine like kind of like staying in legends i'm like if they somehow bring in characters from legends like there's ever since like 2015 people say well they'll bring revan back bring revan back it's going to be in the new star wars uh um in in terms of just bringing the entire like era back in the canon um i i don't know how that would work um if they were able to do it somehow that was pleasing i guess they could do it but honestly i i don't really mind that it's legends i just think it's sort of a cool what if sort of thing I would be open for them somehow integrating certain aspects of KOTOR into new, new canon. And they've, they've somewhat done that with the High Republic. Like, I, I believe Kolto 
was mentioned in, in one of the High Republic books. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's yeah, been mentioned anywhere else before. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as a remake of the game, I would, I, I think that would absolutely do the game a service. Um, obviously, I, I, I didn't mind that it was an old game. I kind of liked the feel of it being an older title, but I, I do think there was aspects of it that could be improved, which I've also uh, talked about on my Instagram account. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there could be a lot uh, improved if there were to be a remake, not just a remaster. Like a remaster would be fine, maybe new graphics, whatever. But mechanically, I think it would improve much if there was a newer version of the game. Yeah, definitely. Like better graphics, uh, maybe some different combat styles. Uh, a remake, uh, I think, yeah a lot of people gravitate towards it like because I think like 2003 is is kind of an old game and like it is available to play at a lot of areas but I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit turned off by the the gameplay and the graphics yeah so um overall uh what were your top three favorite and uh least favorite aspects of uh Knights of the Old Republic uh top three favorite um world building which was from the get-go on terrace which once again i absolutely loved uh i know that people say it was a bit long but i don't know i i liked it a lot um characters i think as a whole i don't think i disliked a single one of the characters i think they're all done very well um and obviously i've spent more time with other characters than some and learning more about them but i i like the characters a lot so characters um I really liked, this is kind of stemming to characters again, but again, the, the sort of, I guess, relationship you have with Bastila, I thought was really intriguing. So that would probably be another highlight for me. Least favorite aspect, um, gameplay. Like I, I'm used to it now, so I, it won't really probably be an issue with the, the second game, but it, I don't know, it, it just wasn't really for me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind the graphics, I think the graphics, honestly, for a 2003 game, like obviously it's not like incredible to these, these standards, but I was still able to you know, enjoy its graphical fatality. But I guess if I had to be nitpicky, I'd say the graphics obviously aren't the best they could be. One more least favorite thing. Uh, I honestly don't know. Like you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but as soon as I finished the game, I couldn't, play it after I finished the main story. Like I would have to go back to a certain point in the story before it ended. So Yeah, I don't mm. believe there's free roam like yeah, after so, you win. Um I the, the, I think the last like side quest I guess you could call it was um I was supposed to like give uh oh shoot what's her name? The 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 Twilight Girl. Mission? Mission, yeah. Uh, I was supposed to get something to her brother on Tatooine, uh, but I never got to do it because I was already on the Star Forge and then I finished the game. So um, I-, I wish there was more of a free roam option after you've actually finished the story. Those are those are some good points. So, yeah, I guess like we're almost done with the first season of our podcast. We're the next episode we are recording is going to be all about Korriban, and then we have Lehan, and then the Starforge, and then 
uh, kind of have a wrap up like celebration and then maybe like take a little break kind of just talking about general old republic star wars news and then we would uh, get into knights of the old republic too but i guess if you ever end up playing knights of the old republic too we, we could get your thoughts on it so yeah I, i'd love to do that yeah yeah yeah, definitely, definitely get some uh, get some updates as you're playing it. See what absolutely see, see what see what you're thinking about it. I'll keep in touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess if you had to, if you had to tell people, if someone was curious about Knights of the Old Republic, what would you tell them? I would tell them that, despite it being an old game, I do think it is worth experiencing. Despite despite its I guess um, it's old look. I, I think probably the most, I think the biggest thing to, to keep someone from playing KOTOR is probably its, its presentation and its look. But I, I think the content that it has in terms of all the stuff you learn about this new era in this game and its characters, um, I, I, I do think it is very much worth playing the game despite it being a very old game. I think there's a lot that any Star Wars fan could enjoy from experiencing it. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree. It's definitely, if you've never played it, it's worth, you know, picking up it, at least, you know, uh, like you just mentioned, you know, getting onto Terrace and kind of exploring that and getting a feel for, for you know, living inside of a Star Wars world uh, is yeah. a pretty neat experience. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth, you know, a couple of dollars on Steam or getting it on your phone. Yeah, just, most just of the time it's on Steam. With. Yeah. Most of the time it's on Steam, it's like dirt cheap. So it's absolutely worth the, worth the price, I think. Oh, that, for sure. That's right. And it's way better than playing it on your Xbox like I did back in you know 2003. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Where can our listeners follow you? And uh, what, kind, what are you kind of planning on tackling in the future? I mentioned before, uh, my account McClunky Media is on Instagram. So if you like Star Wars, hey, maybe check me out. If you like the stuff, then maybe you follow. Who knows? Um, in terms of plans for the future, um, you know, I don't have like a grand plan of, you know, all the stuff that I'm going to do. If I think of something cool about Star Wars, I'll make a post about it. And then hopefully people will enjoy it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way uh, to kind of look at things uh is there any message uh if you could tell the star wars community one thing what would you tell them oh um one thing i could tell the star wars community one thing about the star wars community that's somewhat infamous for is like people say like oh no one hates star wars like star wars fans because obviously there are passionate fans and then there are really passionate fans um, so I would say just think about the stuff that you have in Star Wars that you love and not necessarily about the stuff that you hate because obviously criticism is fine in Star Wars, whether it be, you know, sequel trilogy, like maybe, maybe even aspects of the show, like Rebels for a long time, um, people weren't crazy about and which, which has got a bit of a recognition as of late which i'm happy about because i really like rebels but i'm gonna have myself here basically um just think positively i think when it comes to star wars there, there are much more big-brained people that could go into that more but 
just stay, stay positive in the, in the community, you know? Um, that, that's, that's what I have to say, I suppose. Yeah. And, just yep. kind of like, like what you like, kind of focus on it. And like, if you don't like something there, there's a wide Star Wars tent. And yeah. And, yeah, and everybody, okay. you know, loves Star Wars for different reasons. If someone likes something that you dislike or dislikes something that you like, that that's totally fine. We're, we're all Star Wars fans at the end of the day. We all have our preferences. And I, I think we should just be more appreciative of the things that we have and not not so much the the stuff that we wish weren't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, just, yeah be positive about the things that you like and uh you know try to try to learn and appreciate and understand why uh people you know might be interested in the parts that you don't care about so much so yeah definitely a good message yeah love the sentiments and uh i guess uh that's where we close off this episode and may the force be with you that's right thank you very much for joining us mcclunky media and everyone listening may the force be with you and you can find us on Instagram at Old Republic Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Old Republic Pod. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Old Republic Podcast. The Old Republic Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Schurman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.